0: The Stanley Cup final on ABC and ESPN plus begins Saturday. Tracy Smothers Harley Race, Tim Storm Bushwhacker Luke Bobby Fool. The, the Pro Wrestling, wrestling bulk 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 Volume, volume one. 1. Bill Dundee, Super Mix Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at amazon.com. Russellville, it's wrestling Biz.
1: I'm the Beer City Bruiser, and You're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast, so crack open a cold one and sit back and enjoy.
0: You're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and today's guest is the Beer City Bruiser, professional wrestler of 22 years. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty good. How about you?
0: Hey, I'm doing really good. Hey, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm I'm glad to have you. And, uh, you know, you've been wrestling for 22 years. You uh, spent a lot of time on the independent scene. Just talk a little bit about, you know, uh, where you wrestled and, you know, just kind of a brief description of your wrestling career, if you could.
1: Yeah. Um, I was originally trained by a guy named Trevor Adonis and um, when I was living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And uh after about two years of training, I ended up um meeting Harley Race. And Harley ended up taking me under his wing. Um I ended up moving out there in two thousand and six, I believe it was two thousand four, something like that. And uh lived down with Harley, uh training with Harley, uh pretty much for four or five years. But both of them told me, you know, in order to make it in wrestling, you gotta get out on the road and you gotta do stuff. So I would wrestle everywhere. Um, I was based out of Wisconsin, but I wrestled all over the Midwest. I would, you know, Minnesota, the Dakotas, Iowa, uh, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, everything just as much as I could, Missouri, Arkansas, Kansas, the whole, the whole Midwest just trying to get as much experience as I could and, and get my name out there. Um, when I was with Harley and stuff, and I ended up doing a couple of things for WWE, some extra work, um, ended up doing a tryout for TNA, um, and, and stuff like that. So just pretty much, I was a journeyman just trying to make a name for himself and, and traveling up and down the roads.
0: That journey for you, you know, I mean, it was exciting, right? But, oh yeah,
1: it was a blast. It was a dream come true. I've been dreaming of this since I was a little kid. So
0: were there times on that journey though? There was like, golly, man, you know, when, when's the break coming?
1: <laughs> There's always low points in professional wrestling. Um, whenever I have a young kid in the business and they ask advice, I always tell them, Hey, it's, it's a roller coaster. You're going to have the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And you have to deal with the lows. You have to deal with the, the isolation, the, you know, you're on, on the road pretty much either by yourself or with a group of people, which always changes depending where you're at. And, you know, you got to deal with that. Um, as I got, More on the road, and and then obviously, when I sign with Ring of Honor and stuff, you know, you miss a lot of things. You miss birthdays, you miss weddings, you miss funerals, you miss a lot of stuff. And I have kids, I have a wife. Um, Thank God I have a wife that understands, you know, and and this is my dream and has supported me. And she's kind of like my business manager, she'll handle all the merch and stuff like that, and, and the inventory and help me with my schedule and stuff. And then the kids you know, my, my oldest is 24. So she's seen me from the start and the other two, they, they've known just dad as a professional wrestler. Um, to them, it's just an everyday thing. And to the point now where my daughter, I was with talking to her the other day and she was telling me about how someone at her, she's at college now in Arizona state and someone knew who I was and, and she didn't let them know that I was her dad, that I was her dad until a little bit into the conversation. Cause she doesn't want to, they deal with all the same, Questions and stuff that we all deal with. And, uh, you know, you just, you learn to deal with it and you got to find a good support group around you. Um, I knock on wood, had a, a wonderful support group. Um, my friends were supportive, my parents were supportive, my wife, and that helps you with the low. You know, um, as technology advanced, it helps. You know, when I first started, we didn't have GPS, we had MapQuest, we had an Atlas, um, we didn't have FaceTime or video chat. You know, you had to actually call on a phone. Um, texting, you know, cost money to text and nobody texted. So, you know, you just find your way to connect back home and stuff. And now, now the world, you know, you can literally pick up your phone and face chat FaceTime with somebody or video chat with somebody. And and you're right there.
0: Absolutely. As we are doing right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yep.
0: (laughs) So, you know, breaking into the business, meeting Harley race, How did he meet Harley race?
1: He had these week long camps where he would, um, you, you pay to do the week long camp and he'd have pro wrestling. Noah come in and WWE come in. So I did one of those and, um, he ended up at those, at those camps. He'd give out a scholarship to the school. Um, they'd select one or two people to go to the dojo, um, over in Noah. And then they'd select a couple of guys to get signed. My first year, Kenny Omega got signed out of that. That's when Kenny Omega got signed, and the Bobby Fish actually went over to uh, Japan for the for their dojo. Him and um, Eric Redbeard, uh, Eric Rowan, they were the two that got selected for that. And I I got the scholarship to the school. So that's when I first met Harley. Um, I didn't move right away because again I had kids and stuff like that, but I'd always stay in contact with him. And I I every time he had a show, I'd drive eight hours. Um, to do the weekend of shows with him and stuff and then when i moved down there i just got to know him even more because i'd spend you know he'd get to the school at 10 or 10 30 in the morning and i'd show up right about that time too and i'd do chores around the school i'd do whatever i could to talk to him to to pick his brain uh we'd go to lunch and stuff like that um then training would happen and then after training me and joe henning would stay after and and we'd be there, you know, training get done at eight, nine o'clock and we'd be there till 10, 11 o'clock at night. And, uh, you know, first meeting Harley was at a camp, but then I actually got to know him when I moved down there and, and we became really good friends and he was a, a mentor and a, an absolutely great human being. And he's
0: truly missed. Oh yeah. No, he was very uh, special to professional wrestling. You know, I mean, he, he almost can't have a, a conversation about wrestling without him coming up, you know, especially if you're talking about that error, right. That he, right. that he wrestled in, you know, Yeah, the- he
1: was, he was a true territory guy and everybody knows who he is. And, um, he he's the greatest wrestler on God's green earth. And that's not just a tagline. That was the truth. And I remember making the decision. Uh, I used to go to Trevor, um, till tr- we lost Trevor, um, the same year we, we lost Harley. We lost Trevor in January. Harley was in August. But I used to just bug Trevor all the time because he was always there for me. And I remember trying to make the decision to move. And Trevor told me, he's like, your family will support you. You know, it's up to you if you want to do this. You know, I'm not going to force you to do it. But how many people get the opportunity to train underneath a true legend like Harley Race? And it kind of like clicked in my head, like he's absolutely right. Like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I did it.
0: What do you think the what do you think the main thing that was that Harley maybe instilled upon you? What what do you think that was? I mean, I, I, he's got to know everything about wrestling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's forgotten more about wrestling than most of us know. No, he I always tell people that I went to grade school and high school with Trevor. I learned all the in-ring stuff. And then when I went to Harley's, it was like going to college. And he taught me the business side of it because this is a business, you know, this is, you're supposed to make money doing this. Um, You have kids nowadays that are flying themselves on their own dying places, not making any money. What's, there's no point in doing that. This is, this is a business. You're supposed to make money. And Harley would, would, he taught me how to talk to promoters. He taught me how to. Um, to the bigger companies. He taught me how to prepare for tryouts, how to mentally prepare for the tryouts, how to physically prepare for the tryouts. He taught me, you know, if, if this is your character, you have to make your character a brand. Harley race, the wrestler was a brand. So he, you know, anytime his name was mentioned, he'd get paid and he, he taught me how to do that. He taught a lot of us how to, how to do that and market ourselves. And, uh, that's the biggest thing I got from him. The biggest advice he ever gave to me was wrestling was long was here long before you and it's going to be here long after you're gone so the time you're spent in it why not make wrestling better and that way it survives because wrestling will be here with or without you wrestling's not going anywhere you know so if you're here make it better and I, I took that to heart and and now every time that i wrestle for a company i try to whoever i'm wrestling i try to make them better i try to make the company better and, and help the company out and these young kids, if they need advice and stuff, I always, you know, I'm a phone call away, a text away, or if they want to chat with me in the locker room, I'm there and offer the advice I can give them. They don't have to take it, but I'm there to give it.
0: Right. I hear that a lot. You know, a lot of the wrestlers that I'll, I'll talk to, you know, they, they tell me that, Hey, you know, that they do want to make wrestling, you know, leave it better than they found it. You know, I, I think there are some people out there that, don't care about making it better than they found it, right?
1: Yeah, they, they they they're thinking of themselves in that spot, which is fine. You know, you want to get your spot, that's great, but th- there's a right way and a wrong way of doing it. Just do it the right way, you know. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Adam Pierce always says, you know, uh, what is it? The respect. Um I forget what he says, but it's it's the respect speech he always says, and, and it's true. You know, um, treat people fairly. That's what treat people fairly and with respect.
0: Right. Right. I've heard that. Yeah. I've, I've heard him say that.
1: Yep. And I, I try to do that because here's another guy who he's from. He's originally from Chicago. Um, so I got to see him at a young when I was really young in the business. And, and he always said, you know, treat people fairly and, and you'll earn their respect. And he's truly a, a good a good brother, as they like to say in wrestling.
0: Did you ever work with him on your way coming up?
1: I was on shows with him. I never worked with him. Um, I got to work with him right before he left for WWE um, and I signed with ring of honor. Um, he came in for a show and, and we're in a, actually we're in a war games match uh, together. So uh, I had Steve Carino as a partner and a bunch of other guys and Pierce had other guys too. So it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Um, anytime I'm around Adam, I learned something
0: for him. And, and while he was the NWA champion, he was the champion during a a period where, you know, the NWA was really on a, on a low, right?
1: Yeah. He, he kept him and Cole Cabana kept it relevant with their seven stages of hell matches. Um, you know, it, it put the NWA back on and, and then Billy's done a lot too with it. Um, you know, with NWA power and, and all the stuff they're doing now. Um, when I wrestled with the NWA before the pandemic, it was a blast. It was a great locker room. Um, Billy knew what he was doing. Great, great roster. Um, And then obviously I was real close to Trevor uh, because of the Harley connection.
0: Right. Right. How many matches did you have down there?
1: Down in with the NWA? uh, We did two TV tapings. So we had, um, let's see, we had two full matches, but I think we had four or five segments total. Um, so we're uh, if you watch the second season of NWA Power, uh we wrestle the Dawsons and then we wrestle uh Storm and um Eli uh what is he? he's LA Knight now. Um okay. Eli Drake. Right,
0: there, you there you go. And
1: then we do stuff with Eddie Kingston and uh we turn on him and we're like the Pope's henchmen. So it was a lot of fun. It was it was a lot of fun. Um got to hang out with the rock and roll express the whole weekend, which is a blast and you get to learn from them. And I was, you know, Brian and I were the bounces were a tag team and, and uh, learning from the rock and roll express who were probably the greatest tag team of all time was, was truly an honor.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I, I would have to agree. I would have to agree. Yep. What's your take on, on Carrie. Carrie Morton, how's, how's he doing? I've, I've talked to him and I've seen some of his work. I, I think he's outstanding while well, he's under a, an excellent learning tree. Right.
1: Right. I haven't seen too much of his work. Um, I'm excited to, I think I'm coming up on a couple shows with him, which I'm real excited to see. Um, you know, hope, hopefully he's, I haven't heard a bad thing about him. So that that's a plus. And like you said, he's got the best teacher. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, not only does he have Ricky and and Robert, but, you know, his grandfather was in the business, too. And yep, that family might know a thing or two about wrestling.
1: Just a little bit. Just a little bit.
0: (laughs) So, you know, you've been what were you with Ring of Honor for about seven years? Is that about? Yep.
1: I started uh, I was in the two thousand. 14 top prospect tournament. And then I became on the, I got on the roster and I'm sorry, 2015 top prospect. Uh, and then I signed um, shortly thereafter and I was with them all the way up until they closed the doors and, and sold to, to AEW.
0: What was that experience like? You know, cause they, it's a what 20 year company. I mean, they've been around a long time. I guess the sale didn't surprise me, but it, I guess I really wasn't ready for it, right?
1: Surprised all of us. None of us knew. It it was a horrible time. You know, you, you, you find out you work so hard to achieve your dream and get a contract with the TV company and you do it. And then just out of the blue, it's taken away from you, you know, to no fault of your own. It, it was horror. It sucked, you know, like you go through a lot because uh, my wife and I were looking to buy a house and, and my daughter's going to college. You know, my son had just left from the military and it was just it was out of nowhere. Um, but you can I always am a firm believer you, you can dwell on the negative where you can make a positive and just move forward. And that's what I've been doing. Um, I'm back on the indies. I'm having a great time. I'm working for some great companies. Uh, we ended up buying a house. Uh, we moved across the country, um, which is great. You know, um, I I don't know what Tony Khan has planned for Ring of Honor. I hope he keeps it around. The seven years that I was there was was some of the best years of my professional wrestling career. I have a lot of guys that I still talk to this day because we were so close. We were it, when they say family it truly was a family it was you know um we all you know it didn't matter who you were in the car with you knew you were going to get along didn't matter who you roomed with you knew you were going to get along the shows were always fun we always pushed each other to be better when guys were down the other guys would pick you up ladies too um the women of honor the resurgence of that was amazing to watch um uh, Marianne Bobby Cruz were in charge of that and they did a great job um delirious does not get the recognition he deserves um but he, he was the booker for it and he ran that company and it was good. People can complain all they want because their favorites didn't get the push and stuff. But Hunter took a large roster and made something out of everybody. And, you know, I was one of those guys and he will always have um, a place in my heart because he took a chance, you know, and uh, he, he helped me get to that next level. And because of ring of honor, I was able to go to Japan. Um, I was able to, to work some international stars here in the States and, and really get my name out there. So now when I'm on the indies, people know who I am. And it's it's a lot easier. I shouldn't say it's easier getting bookings, but it, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole of like, this is who I am. This is what I do. Because people are kind of familiar with you.
0: Right. And and the ring of honor name too, you know, when that shows up on the resume, I mean. It's,
1: it's a big deal. It's, it's a, a big real big deal. deal. Yeah. I mean, we're the only company other than WWE that ran uh, Madison Square Garden and it sold out. You know, when we did the New Japan Ring of Honor show for Madison Square Garden, you know, like that was a dream come true. That was that was seven year old me geeking out because I was in Madison Square Garden. I never thought I'd be there, you know, and there I was. And Not only was I in Madison Square Garden, but I'm sharing the ring with legends like Suzuki, Liger, the great Muda, uh, Haku, you know, Ming, the, the G.O.D. Well, I didn't share the ring with G.O.D., but they were there, you know, and it's just like, where else could you do that, you know?
0: Who are some of the wrestlers at Ring of Honor that you like to step in the ring with? Some of the guys that maybe you felt like you did your best work with or guys that you you appreciated in the ring and had a good uh, run with?
1: First and foremost are the Briscoe brothers. Um, I have never had a bad match with the Briscoe brothers. I And the thing about working the Briscoe brothers is, you feel it, not just the next day, but you feel it for the next week. And I love that stuff. I love the hard hitting in your face wrestling. That's what I do. I love, I love being a part of it. And, And we always went Jay and chicken have gas tanks. Like you wouldn't believe like they just go, it's a sprint the whole time. And you can really gauge where you are as a wrestler, getting in the ring with them. Um, Shane Taylor was another one. Shane and I, we wrestled in San Antonio one time we wrestled a couple of times, but my favorite match was San Antonio and we both, it was a loaded card. I'm talking, Stephen Amell was there um, from arrow. He was doing something with Cody and, and uh, Christopher Daniels. You had the bucks there. Uh, NXT was just up the road. Um, and I remember Shane and I talking to each other and we're like, Hey, we, we have a chance here to show why we belong here. Let's go out there and let's do something no one's expecting. And it was an amazing match. I recommend I, – I, you know, people always ask me some of my favorite matches. That match in San Antonio with Shane Taylor was amazing. Um, again, it was hard hitting. It was two guys going out there that doing stuff that you don't think 300-pound guys can do, and we did it. And the crowd loved it, and it was amazing. Will Ferrara and Cheeseburger, two of my favorites. They were the – it's kind of humbling because the first match I ever had in Ring of Honor was against Cheeseburger – and the very last match I ever had in Ring of Honor was with Cheeseburger. So kind of like full circle. So Burger will always be my little buddy. We started at the same time. Uh, Willie, he started at the same time I did. So we, we were always calling each other day one because we all started at the same time in Ring of Honor. And Willie and I went through the top prospect tournament, same one. We had the semifinals in Philly. And I remember Steve Carino, who's a mentor of mine, and he pulled me aside. He says, he says you know, you're you know you're going to fit in well if the Philadelphia crowd reacts to you because the Philadelphia crowd doesn't hold back. If they like you and respect you, they give you stuff. If they don't care about you, they won't pay attention and they'll just turn your back. They'll sit there. So that was a lot of nerves going in because I'd never wrestled there. And and Willie and I went out. And by the end of that match, I got in the back and Carino says, there you go. They love you. And now every time I go to Philly, I get the great reaction
0: that I get. You know, you mentioned Steve Carino. Mm -hmm. There's a there's another one right (laughs) yeah steve and i met i was
1: i think two or three years in and we main evented a show together and uh i kind of never left his side (laughs) like he gave me his phone number and i just kind of bugged him and for the last 20 years he's been a mentor and a friend and, uh, I remember when I got engaged to my wife, um, he was there and he was telling her not to do it <laughs> and just, to, just being Steve, um, which, you know, is great. And I, I still talk to Steve, even though he's with WWE, he's doing a great job at WWE, but I still just talk to him. Um, he helped when we moved, cause we moved to North Carolina. Um, he helped, uh, finding areas and stuff like that. Um, I got to mention too, Caprice Coleman for the guys in ring of honor. You're mentioning cause Caprice Caprice can do it all he's a, he literally can wrestle. He can, uh, commentate. And our last angle in ring of honor was with Caprice and Ian, and it couldn't have been done without Caprice wanting to do that and coming up with some ideas and stuff. And he's another reason that I moved to North Carolina. He he's helped out so much making the move out here and getting me established with companies out here and stuff. You know, he's putting his name out there for me, which I appreciate 100%. Uh, Steve's doing the same thing. So is Kevin Kelly. And I can't appreciate it even more. You know, I, I love those guys and, and they're amazing guys and, and all the best to them.
0: You know, I've been in, in your situation as well as, you know, when a, when a job ended or a layoff came or something and, you know, the initial blow is, I mean, it's terrible. It's, it's, the, worst terrible. Feeling,
1: it's the worst feeling in the world. When you go to a wrestling school, they don't, they don't prepare you for that. You know, they prepare you to get the job. And, and, and essentially, professional wrestlers, we're all looking to get hired just to get fired. You know what I mean? Nobody stays with one company. It's very rare that someone stays with their comp- that uh, one company for their whole career. You know, um, look at Sting with WCW. Everyone thought he'd never leave there. You know, it closes and guess what? He shows up. WWE, now, AEW. Uh, you got, you know, it's, um, you know, Big Show. Everybody thought he was going to stay with WCW. WWE, okay, he's going to stay here. Now he's in AEW. No, it's like, Hogan, he's another one. You know, no one prepares you for the getting fired part of the job. No school. There's no schools for that. You know, so you you go through a range of emotions, you know, especially when you have a family and this is your job. You know, you, you got to figure out what you're going to do. Uh, it's not like you can just walk into some store or fill out an application and get a job. With, with wrestling. You know, you got to build trust and, and patience with promoters and you got to show your value. You got to show why they're going to spend the money on you and make their money back on you.
0: And usually when something like that happens, uh, you know, you end up landing on your feet. Do you kind of feel like things are kind of, uh, I guess, smoothing out for you a little bit?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm catching my stride. Um, you know, getting back on the Indies was, you know, Uh, like I said before, you know, I don't focus on the negative. I always focus on the positive. So I made a new bucket list and here's what we're going to do. And I've been doing that and talking to promoters and I've been wrestling, you know, still wrestling full time. So doing something right. Um, I know I'm at the tail end of my career, you know, not many guys wrestle, you know, I'll be 44 in July. So I know I have to have a couple surgeries uh, just from being banged up over the years and stuff. So I know my career is coming to an end but that's where the next chapter will start. And that's where, you know, I've trained a couple of students. Um, and I love training. I, I have a natural, um, like it's natural for me to train and, and to help. And I pumped out some really good students and, and I'm looking forward to doing that again. And there's a couple of schools here in North Carolina that I'm going to check out and, you know, uh I've been helping produce you know, these indie shows that I go to. And I told you earlier, I help all the young guys with they have questions and stuff, but I don't mind aging, needing a match or helping out. Before Ring of Honor closed, I was helping produce and stuff like that. So there's always, the in-ring may end, but there's always a spot somewhere if you work at it to, to continue to do it.
0: Right. You know, you look back over some of these guys that made their name in the business and you think, where's this guy, or where's that guy? A lot of those wrestlers are working in, you know, um, they're the in back, the back.
1: Office. Yeah. They're in the back. Um, you know, like you, you look at AEW and WWE right now, they got a bunch of guys in the back, you know, uh, Ace steel. I was just on a show with him last weekend. He's, he's backstage at AEW, you know, and, and he was a former coach at NXT. So like, he knows what he's doing. Uh, Steve Creno, you and I just mentioned, he's a backstage guy. You know, and he's he's a very high up backstage guy doing doing the best he can. Um, you don't you know you lose you lose track of them in front of the camera, but behind the scenes they're still doing stuff and they're still passing that knowledge. And it goes back to what Harley said, you know, leave it better than you found it, and that's what those guys are doing. And that's what I hope my next step is going to be.
0: Right, right, yeah, I know uh, the Monster Abyss is in the WWE.
1: Yep, he's a he's an agent back there. Uh, Joe Henning's an agent. Uh, Arya Davari, uh, Sean Davari, uh, Sanjay um, Dutt—he's a agent somewhere. Um, you get them everywhere, you know. It, it's and it's great because these guys know what they're doing, and they can pass that knowledge on along and and help the younger generation.
0: Right. Yeah, and just keep wrestling alive. Yeah. Exactly. So you've been doing some independent shows. What? you know the independent shows you you get a little more up close and personal with your fans right it's mm-hmm. it's a little more um friendly atmosphere right i mean you can hang yeah. out with one of the fans as they're buying your gear or talk to them a little bit more and you you don't get that at the big shows
1: no not unless you do meet and greets and even when you're doing the meet and greets they kind of push people through um that's the cool thing about doing the indie shows is you get to to meet and talk to people um i did a show in iowa a few months ago and and um, this fan came up to me and he was a larger guy about my size. And, and he started like literally started tearing up and saying that uh, watching me helped him overcome stuff because I'm a large guy and I was able to make it and do stuff. And, and it was, it was really good. And I was fortunate enough to have my wife there. And I, I turned right away. I looked at my wife and go, that's why I do this. Like the money's great. The the popularity's okay. But like that right there, because when I was seven years old, Bruiser Brody had that impact on me, and it made me a fan of professional wrestling. So if I'm out there doing stuff like that and passing it on, you know, that's a great feeling. And then to see a guy who I had another one where um, after we lost Trevor in January, we we did a memorial show for him. And I was on the Jericho podcast, and this kid walks up to me and said that he was having um, surgery for brain cancer. And what got them through the recovery was listening to to my podcast, me on the Jericho podcast. And like, what do you say to somebody like that? You know what I mean? So it's, you shake their hand, you thank them and and truly is humbling experience. You know, you don't think what you do in the ring or what you do outside really affects that many people. And then now you're doing the Indies and you get to talk to them and you realize what you're doing and the impact you have. And, And it's, it's a great feeling and I'm glad I could help people out.
0: Right. You get to hear the the reaction from the crowd while you're you're in the ring. Yep. But when people share their words and their feelings with you, it's a whole different story I would imagine.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great feeling to to meet the people. And then you see all these young kids and stuff and you know, you see the fathers with their kids and it's like, oh, I was like that with my kids, you know. I mean, we're on the other side of the curtain, but it, it's just a good feeling. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So have you heard from ring of honor is, or have you heard of anything that might be going on with AEW taking that over and what their plans are in the future?
1: No, I haven't heard anything. Um, I've talked to them. I talked to them a little bit when, when um, ring of honor shut down and they said, you know, um, cause when ring of honor shut down, you gotta remember that's when WWE had all their layoffs. They had that mass layoff. So like the, the, Literally, everybody got oversaturated with talent coming through. Um, so they said, you know, call get, gig. You know, get a hold of us in about a year uh, if we're in your area. Let us know. And uh, you know, I've I've talked to a few guys here and there just to keep in touch. You know, but nothing in the works or anything like that. I mean, if they want me, they know where I am. You know, I'll be more than happy to do whatever they need. But uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm at the tail end of my career, so. Maybe it's just the indies for now and these big shows that I've been doing. So either way, I'm
0: having fun. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And, you know, um, when you were talking about, you know, you've mentioned several names throughout the, you know, the interview, you mentioned Adam Pierce, you mentioned Steve Carino, and you mentioned Harley Race. And, you know, you th- you think about those those, those names and those, those men, and they contributed a little bit into your career. I mean, golly. I mean, with everything that you've picked up from these guys and there's got to be more than those just three, right?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot more. I mean, Kevin Kelly's got to be in that list. Um, you know, uh, Kevin Kelly helped me survive in Japan and helped me get over in Japan uh, he also helped me in ring of honor when he was there and and I still talk to him to this day, you know? Um, yeah. There's a lot of guys. We we'd be here for hours. Me telling everybody, everybody it's helped me through my career, but. Right. And the value
0: that you yeah. can share with others because of, you know, these meetings and these relationships that you had with these other wrestlers.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, it, it's a seven year old's dream. <laughs> I was seven when I fell in love with wrestling and, Every day I'm living my dream. And and what's cool is, like I said, my wife and I just bought this house and, and we don't, she she always every morning goes out and she's not normally sit outside type person. And since we bought the house, she does it. And I said, well, you know, why why do you do that? She says, cause this is ours. Like, this is ours. We did this, you know, uh, you, you being gone all that time, you know, and her, she went to school like- she she graduated college with honors and uh, mind you she was a full-time wife full-time mother full-time employee and a full-time student and still graduated with honors i mean that's that's an accomplishment
0: and it's not easy to do man
1: not easy at all and then not only that she's she's her husband's me
0: <laughs> you know so <laughs>
1: But, and, and our son's in the army, so she's worried about him. And it's just, you know, there's that whole thing, but like, she's right. Like we did this, you know, It and it, it, it's a really good feeling. And professional wrestling has, has given us that opportunity to, to live this way.
0: That's good, man. That's yeah. good. Well, before we wrap this thing up, is there anything else that you want to share? Any, anything else about your career or anything else that maybe you might be looking forward to?
1: I do a podcast um, with my buddy, Tim Dennis, and it's, uh, it's called Darkness Radio. And on Tuesdays, we do like a true crime Tuesday and uh, like a dumb criminals, uh, dumb crime, stupid criminals. And then on Wednesday, we do a supernatural news because um, I'm a big paranormal fan. I love anything paranormal. So we discuss stuff like that. And you can get that wherever podcasts are. And then if anybody, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at BCB Winchester, um, Facebook, I'm the beer city bruiser pro wrestling tees is pro wrestling slash beer city bruiser. If they want to get t-shirts, um, I have a wrestling buddy, which I'm really excited about. Never thought I'd have one of those and you can get that at brother's good door. That's uh, brother's G a D D O R.com. Just look up beer city bruiser. And it, it's awesome. It looks just like me. It's, it's so cool. Um, cameo i'm on cameo so if you want me to give a shout out i've I've named a baby uh, i've said some positive stuff to a senator in indiana which was crazy and blew my mind that he wanted something from me and it was right around the election time so it's like well let's go see what his views are so we're not stepping into a hornet's nest and and it was really cool but i'm on cameo it's beer city bruiser and then on tiktok i don't i'm not on there a lot but
0: it's beer city bruiser on there Okay, well, very good. Well, hey, it has been uh, fun talking with you. It's been you. in in very enjoying uh, just to, to get to know you and talk to you a little bit. And, and, uh, yeah, just to to hear how things are going. You you sound like you have a, a pretty optimistic attitude about things. And that's good.
1: You gotta, Um, you can't be negative all the time. The world is, is uh, can be a dark place. So look for the positivity and everything. And you change your mindset and I get it, I'm a product of it. If you change your mindset to all positive, positive things happen. You know, there's, and trust me, it, it, there's times when you're down and, and you're, you question it and it's hard to see the positive, but it'll get you through. And, and if you can find someone in your corner to help you out, you know, and, and mental health is no joke. Talk to somebody, you know, figure something out, talk to somebody. Cause even though you might not feel like it, you do, you do
0: belong in this world. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I totally, I totally agree with you, you know, uh, mental health is a, is a very serious thing. And, you know, if you need to talk to somebody by all means, you know, there's, there's help out there, you know,
1: yep. 100%. Absolutely.
0: All right. Well, thank you. I'm going to say uh, so long and good night. And maybe we can do this again. Sounds good. All right. Well you're listening to the Russellville podcast where wrestling lives. Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, Tim Storm, Bushwhacker Loop, Bobby Fool. The, the Pro, pro Wrestling, wrestling Book, one. 1. Bill Dundee, Mix Hernandez, C.W. Anderson, Ricky Morton, Sir Moe, and many others share their stories of determination, triumph, and, and sorrow. Get your book today at Russellville.com or at Amazon.com. Russellville, Russellville. it's wrestling it's